Welcome to the Mug and Bucket Show with Piyush Shinde, a podcast that documents inspirational tales of prominent personalities from arts, sports, politics, and business settings, and focuses on how they won their unannounced moments, which triggered a change in them and made an impact. Here is your host, Piyush Shinde. Hey guys, welcome to the Mug and Bucket podcast, the only podcast that sensitizes and inspires people to win their unannounced moments. So it's raining cats and dogs and uh, you know I'm sipping my ginger tea and I am in conversation with none other than Sudhaman. Feels really great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me on your uh, what do you say is it a show is it a Magan podcast I don't podcast. know what yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. I'm intrigued by the name. And I think that is why I said yes to it in the first place because I wanted to know what the mug and bucket show is. Okay. So glad to be here. Okay, thank you so much. So for the listeners, uh, Sudha Menon is the author of uh, five non-fiction books: uh, The Legacy, Gifted, Leading Ladies, Devi, Diva, and She Devil. And she has recently turned fifty. I guess she is fifty-three, and she is a feisty woman. And that's the uh, I mean that's that's the book which is recently published. And guys, please grab a copy and embark yourself on a very fun and uh, yet thought-provoking Adventurous journey. Adventurous fifties. Adventurous fifties. So, uh, so, so, what is it like that you're doing currently? You're working on your next project, or uh... you know, I don't work on one project at uh, one time because I'm by nature a very restless soul. So, doing just one thing um, doesn't excite me. So, I typically work on two projects. Then I have a lot of freelance assignments. I'm also currently. Um, Going back and forth from Mumbai uh, to Pune because uh, I have a mother who's ailing, so I'm doing part of that. I'm trying to be a good mother to daughter who's in uh, Mumbai. She's um, she's a pastry chef, so she has her life. But occasionally pop over there and meet her. Doing lots of stuff with my life. You know, it was it is something like uh, you said. Yeah, she's 53. I'll be 53 next in in two months, and I just sometimes feel that. there is so little i have achieved and i want so much more to meet i have i have to meet so many more people you know uh, today's friendship day for instance and uh, i wished everybody uh, happy friendship so day so happy friendship day by the yes, way yes to you too and that's when i thought you know when i posted on facebook happy friendship day i said but why should it be like this is all the friends i'm going to have there are so many more people in this world who i'll run into someday and i want to speed up that process i want to meet new people make um, you know forge beautiful relationships with them and just be on an adventure all the time i i want new experiences in life and i'm constantly on that quest that's a fantastic answer and very modest uh, so uh, you know it's it's been 23 years that you were into journalism and uh, you know i've seen in movies that you know uh, a journalist on a first day and a first stint has a heroism uh, surrounded around it you know they go on their first stint and it's all you know like life shattering and uh, career changing experience was it like a movie for you or like how was um, the first day at office not not at all you know not at all adventurous uh, if you are the if you are a rookie journalist i was i was just barely 21 when i started i started funnily enough in maharashtra herald in pune that newspaper doesn't exist anymore but uh, so i was i was recruited as an intern a trainee trainee journalist and my salary was all of 600 rupees i still remember that uh, but the first day if if you are a rookie journalist uh, you get to do the most menial jobs you know so you will carry press releases for somebody you will write you will be allowed to write two paragraphs in a day and the most boring and the most challenging physically in terms of you know uh, go to the other end of town um, to get a story which would barely be like 200 words that is a kind of job so it's not at all dramatic it's unfortunate a lot of people think that journalism means a lot of glamour and you know you get to uh, sit and uh, wine and dine with the celebrities and journalism is nothing like that in the in the uh, in the times that i was a journalist it was a lot of hard work um, we had issues to fight over you know i i did journalism in the um uh, late 80s early 90s that was when india was going through so much of churn so much was happening in india and um, I I have done reportage on women's issues, on slum uh, slum redevelopment, contract labor, n- not glamorous at all. Um, you know that uh, go up and down Bombay Municipal Corporation uh, corridors to meet some officials so that you get some story uh, out of them about why why the city was in the state it was at that point. 
so no, no glamour was not part of it at all even now if you want to do the real stories the stories that matter then it's just a lot of hard work get into it if you want to make a change in society get into it if you uh, want to do something that will leave an impact don't don't call yourself a journalist if all you will do is to chase after bollywood stars that's okay. not journalism okay that's well said so uh, now uh, from you know journalism you have been a celebrated author today and you know you have seen a lot of hardships i mean that's there's a lot of uh, stuff out there on the internet which talks about your struggles and as a family also you know you've uh, started as as a, as a child where you know you had very limited sources uh, for survival and today you know you've written fantastic books so uh, it it stems out from there like how this these struggles have impacted your writing and you as a person does it uh, help you write with more depth and wit you know i think um, it's for no you know we we say that the child is the father of the man and really it is it is like that you know i i really do believe that what you what you started out in your in life as uh, your your initial experiences in life the struggles you have uh, faced uh, the way you have faced those uh, struggles how you got out of that all of that temper your character in such a manner that it's it's like you know um, coming out of fire Uh, being tempered by fire and i think it makes all of those challenges like i for me it was also that uh, i grew up um, under a un, under a parent my father my father was uh, uh, one of the leaders of uh, the railways and he did humongous work uh, in organizing uh, the labor lakhs and lakhs of labor many of them contract labor who had no security of work at all he spent his entire life uh, working to improve their uh, living conditions their working conditions and he succeeded and he worked in such a way that every day for us at home we didn't have a home home it was a place where anybody was welcome at any time so a railway man in distress could walk in at any time of the day or night uh, anybody in distress could walk in day or night and my father and my mother were both available my father would uh, help uh, through his knowledge of uh, you know the railways the system and also um, my mother was a very very compassionate person you know so most months my father would not give his entire salary at home uh, most parts of it would be distributed to some family or the other who needed that money more than you know uh, people who wanted that money more than we needed and he would always say that this is not you know the world is not just about you the world is about living in an ecosystem and everybody has to be helped so he believed in sharing his resources and my mother believed that uh, my mother was that companion to him who stood by him for everything and so by the time she had educated four of us and put us through college there was not a single piece of jewelry left on her because she sold them systematically first she pawned them and when that didn't work she sold them and that's how we grew up and through through not preaching but by simply observing them all the four children learned about empathy about being Uh, good human beings about compassion and kindness and hard work you know the thing that uh, i think if there is one thing that my father told us or, or two things one is honesty he said not to be compromised under any condition and the second thing is he says hard work never killed anybody so he worked hard and i think all of us learned from him that if you work hard and if you're honest and if you have conviction you can get pretty much anything done in this world you asked about what it is that made me who i am and the challenges made me open you know open my eyes to the kind to the human condition and how how pathetic it is you know the the inequality that exists and all of that tempered me and all of that i think it has it has sort of um, impacted the kind of books i write if you look at the books i write it's about it's about real life people the challenges their triumphs over those challenges and i really do think Uh, real life heroes have to be celebrated like the gifted yes yeah. gifted was about people yeah people yeah. with uh, you know differently able people with so much going against them but look at their look at the heroism look at their courage and i think we have to celebrate that i write about women lot of people ask me well, i i remember you know my mother told me the last time um, i wrote one more non fiction book and she said what is about this women you have to stop writing about women you know write fiction don't write non fiction write fiction you know people are interested in reading those stories and i told her amma you know what it is to struggle as a woman you have struggled and i said we have struggled as women and i want to write about the struggles of women and to tell women in this world that 
no matter how hard it is just keep going you know it might seem it might seem very hard it might some days you might despair you might want to give up but i truly believe and my life has been like that every time there has been a challenge there have been times when i wanted to say okay now i'm just going to be a good wife and just live off my husband but i just can't do it because because i i'm this other being who wants to uh, face my challenges and keep moving ahead and doing something so it has kind of uh, largely impacted your uh, writing and the, the person you are yeah. okay okay so now uh, now let's go back 15 years and i mean uh, when you were 15 years. years old yeah a lot of years in fact how I many 35 years yes. yeah so uh, i read this very interesting thing where you uh, wanted to be like everything like you wanted to be a star you wanted to be a beautician you wanted to be an air hostess but you know somehow uh, you went and chose journalism so did journalism choose you or you chose journalism is there a story yes uh, the, behind the, this i th- i think you know in retrospect when it was happening to me i didn't think it was a story i just thought it was hell but uh, now when i think back it was a very interesting story so i think why why i wanted to become an aerostress and why i wanted to become a beautician um, or, or an actor or any of those things was that um, i was born dusky Uh, in a family where they loved me my family loves me but you know the society at that point it is i i was like the dark girl um in a family the where the eldest born was blindingly beautiful and she's lovely i just love my sister but it was difficult for me because in a society which is so color conscious i felt i felt that i was irrelevant that i didn't exist and it made me a very 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 reclusive person i was a very very shy child and if you combine that with the fact that you're also dusky it doesn't make for a very good childhood you know i pretty much didn't have any friends i lived in this sort of i lived in my own shell and if if anybody asked in school i think i would have had one and a half friends you know that is it i was a girl who stood at the back of the class sat in the back bench tried to hide and um generally make sure that nobody noticed me and that was not a nice time and i somehow as i be- as i became an adolescent um i thought that maybe you know if i become an aerostress i'll become beautiful or something something will happen in my life i thought you can um, in those times in those days there was no beauty salons you know i'm talking about now um 80s 70 70 early 80s uh, i no yeah 80s 80s yeah, basically yeah, when yeah. i when i was a teenager 80s yeah and i thought maybe uh, if i worked in a as a beautician maybe you know uh, i'll become suddenly glamorous and good looking i really wanted to be good looking and i wanted to be not this mousy person that i was it it would it mattered to me you know and um, so i said that i'm going to become this to my misfortune i also happened to have at that point a huge life size crush um, on a guy uh, who lived in another city and we sort of kept in touch uh, uh, through the good old inland letter so i would wait in those days the postman came once in uh, from that city to this uh, to the city where i lived the letters would take like two weeks and so i would wait really excited i would be for that mail to come and i would write about this so one day i wrote about uh, i wrote to this guy that you know what i'm going to become when i graduate i'm become i'm going to become a a beautician or i'm be- going to become an aerostress and i i was like he's going to be really impressed with this uh, and then 15 days later this letter came saying um, girls from good families don't work in these things you know you must immediately take this uh, um, idea out of your mind and uh, abandon it and it it really crushed me you know it it was like now what am i going to do he's not even impressed with this and i'm i don't have any plan b luckily for me that that my imagined love affair never went anywhere because as it turned out that that love affair was only in my mind and not on the other side and um, so i guess yeah. you also kept that letter it's written I somewhere you kept letter that letter for a long after, time yeah. i kept that letter for a long time because when you're 15 you think your life has ended when when this sort of a thing ends when you want to hold on to the vestiges of those things i think i held on to those letters from the, that uh, that man A boy you know boy yeah, I, yeah. i was a i was a young girl painfully young girl and he was a painfully young boy but i kept that letter till i was almost in my 30s and then by then i had started discovering myself and one day i remember i took out all of those letters and tore them and put them in the dustbin and it was like the weight of a lifetime left my uh, shoulders you know i just felt 
uh, free and happy and liberated um, i think of those days sometimes and i i laugh because you know you need to go through that also so i don't regret that that happened it's a very fascinating story <laughs> so uh, now uh, like i you are asking for... about journalism did it choose you yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so journalism also has its root uh, roots in the fact that i was painfully shy and i was struggling for an identity and when i was shy and i felt friendless i would come home and i'll read a book and i would keep reading books the more friendless i was the more i retreated into my books i read all kinds of books my entire family my father loved books and he filled our house up with books so, so i think by the time we were in our teenage years my sisters and i we had read uh, all of the american classics the russian classics books that i had no business reading i i doubt now whether i understood much of it but i still read because i felt that that was a safe space for me to be you know just read and keep quiet and not have any interaction with anybody at some point i don't even remember when i started dreaming one day of writing a book myself of seeing my name on the cover of a book and it was it was a completely audacious idea you know from where we came with a family of very limited means uh, a girl who could barely open her mouth and speak 2 minutes to anybody without wanting to run away so it was a completely audacious dream but i you know i held it close to my heart i told nobody because i was scared somebody would sort of laugh mock at it me out, mock yeah. me but i i decided that i'm going to be a so writer. that was a baby step that like, was the first steps when yeah. i came to college i rediscovered my love affair with the written word you know i started writing in my college magazine just a couple of things humor i was writing humor at that point and one one particular article got a lot of uh, laughs you know people loved that and uh, and then i decided one day that this seems to be a good thing and i get i get recognition you know people recognized me suddenly and people were saying that was a good article in the even if it was just the college magazine people loved it and i think that swung it for me you know because it was so important for me to have an identity Uh, as a person I, i had spent my entire childhood being nobody and i wanted to be somebody and so journalism was a way i could be seen be yeah, known i could relate to it to this day i think it is it gives me so much joy to see my name uh, my byline you know and i've by now i've lost count of the amount of uh, articles i've written features i've written 20 in 23 years there are lots of bylines but it still gives me joy and i think it has to do with that deep rooted sense of having no identity when i was young so this was so journalism chose me because of this uh, through journalism i learned to shed my inhibitions i rediscovered myself i started um, valuing myself and i i felt that even if nobody loves me and this is what i thought uh, it was not true that anybody didn't nobody loved me you know my family loves me to death but it was just like that you know when when you are when you are a young person um, this is one of the things that now now i am so much conscious of that as parents as relatives as friends we say things to children which we don't really mean and our words are said, used so loosely and now i realize how much it impacted me as a child maybe somebody said loosely about my dark skin but i remember it to this day my, my entire childhood Um, well-meaning relatives, like they they loved me so much. But any gift of clothing I got was grey or brown, you know, because I was dark. So they thought you could only wear grey. It happens brown. to me till date, like you know, because of dark complexion, you know, I have to like choose very safe colors <laughs> which yeah. look good. So I refuse now. If you look at me, I only wear uh, orange and red and uh, yellow. I love yellow, and um, yeah. So now I'm so much more conscious now when. when i talk because it leaves such an impact on a young mind you know we don't realize it but children are listening you know with all their senses and that's a very nice message in fact you know people should uh, understand this at a very deeper level yeah so um, now let's let's talk about your travel you know you have some bucket list <laughs> and uh, that bucket list i guess one is uh, an all girl yes trip. i have lots of now and my bucket list is suddenly very exciting you know all these years it was it is okay i i love my vacations um, but i'm not like i will not do an adventure thing i don't want to uh, in fact i remember i remember this um, um, media trip that uh, australian tourism took sometime in to 2005 or 2004 or something and there were just three journalists from india and i was one of them and they took us to queen um, you know queensland and there was the great barrier uh, reef 
offer. You know, you could go in. And I was the only person who refused. I said, I'm not coming. I'm not interested. And they said, ma'am, you'll never have this luxury, this opportunity again. Please, uh, you know, come down and see the uh, great barrier reef. And um, I refused. Now I regret it. You know, I, I'm wondering now the coral reefs, the corals, apparently the reefs are all gone because of climate change. But in 2004, I was too sissy. I didn't want to do it. And so I was that kind of traveler. Now, suddenly in my 50s, I have this huge list, uh, you know, uh, of places I want to go. And I want to go on this uh, all-girls trip with my two sisters and my mother. And I'm sure it will be such fun. I dream of going to Spain, you know, and sitting and sitting and watching uh, all the uh, dance forms and all the handsome men and, you know, nice sangria. I want to I want to uh, go to Russia. I believe it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. I want to I want to travel through Russia. I went recently on a trip with my sister to China and it was it was just fabulous. We I don't speak a word of Chinese Mandarin, but we survived 15 days. We had the best time uh, in our lives. Um, we went up the Great Wall of China. We did all kinds of crazy things and I want to do that. I want to go with my daughter. And I want to go with my sisters and my mother. So that is uh, like on my uh, bucket okay, list. But there's also one very interesting thing on your bucket list, which is, you know, you want to be an actor. Yes. And you have acted in a theater. So please shed some light on that. <laughs> you know, this is... <laughs> and why did is, you stop? Like, I guess once you started it, why did you, you know, leave it back then? So I'll tell you. So this, this was part of my, I think... Uh, the stint with theater was just, it started very casually and it ended very casually. But it was just, like I said, I'm a very, very, very restless person. When when I feel restless, I need to do something. And I've always been fascinated by the idea. From my childhood, I've been fascinated by the idea of uh, being on screen, doing something, acting. I always think, now I think it is because I want to explore other means of communication. But I'm completely fascinated with uh, uh, acting. So I started uh, hanging out with a group of theater group of techies. They were all techies from Pune and they would meet on Sunday uh, in a place and we would all act. So, so that was that was what I did for a long time. And um, we did various stuff. I never took it to the next level and followed it uh, seriously. But uh, what I did know was that I have it in me to do because it is another challenge and I'm up to that challenge. And um, Yes, I'm very, very serious. I'm. I know that in the next three or four years, I will have done something to do with acting professionally. You know, the other thing that I want to do is, and I think it doesn't have to be movies or it doesn't have to be the. You know, the, the entire entertainment industry is sort of exploded now, isn't it? So there is web series. There is you can do modeling. You can do. Somebody said I I I got a portfolio shot uh, last month, and it was it was also my bucket list because to be in front. I'm used to interviewing people, you know, all the time. I spent like a quarter of, of a century doing that. But I wanted to know what it feels like to be in front of a camera. Will the same bravery that I have when I'm interviewing people, will I be able to do that? So I got my portfolio shoot uh, shot um, last month uh, with a very, very, very well-known uh, photographer. He's like big guy. And I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with him and nobody else because he's supposed to be the master of the trip. I did it and I think I had the most challenging but the most exciting day, you know, from 10 to 5 in the evening, big cam, you know, cameras, lights, 10 people watching what I was doing, but to emote in front when so many people are looking and to emote and to look good and to physically very hard also, you know, the entire day you're getting in and out of clothes, you're doing makeup, you're doing, you're being somebody else in front of the camera and I love that I loved getting into the skin of another person getting out of it then becoming somebody else so I know that I have it in me and I'm like 100% going to do it so, what so that's if, my new challenge so so I I mean I'm thinking on the fly so say for example if you have to enact your husband uh, how would how would I react if I suddenly became my husband yeah and somebody and someone, shouted yeah. oh my husband is the coolest guy in the whole world like he he is like zen and I'm the, I'm like, so in this house, there are just two people, There's him and me. And I'm like a volcano. I'm always ready to erupt. And he's like, you know, Leila Dark, <laughs> all eyes. And it's, it's perfect for me because it would have been, you know, I have, I would have the tendency to burn myself out if I didn't have somebody to cool me down and give, show me some balance and, 
and all of that. So I would not react at all if somebody shouted because, um, you know, pra Prashant, my husband, he says that it is not about somebody shouting at you. What makes the difference in um, resolving that is how you react to that. So this is the kind of person he is. He's completely unflappable. So I'm the I'm the bad girl in the family. Okay, okay. So uh, now help me understand. You know, I've I've seen your TED and I've you know done a lot of research. And you have traveled like you have a bucket list, and you have also been traveling extensively. Uh, does uh, travel kind of inspire your writing? Does it have any elements like? Could you give an give us an example where you traveled and you came back inspired and you started writing? And maybe that has reflected in your writing. You know, I always I hold uh, writing workshops. I've hold, uh, held writing workshops in um, India. It's called Get Writing, and I take this writing workshop all over the country. And the almost the first thing that I tell my workshoppers after after they have written with me the entire day, they will there's a question answer session, and they'll always ask, "Ma'am, what to write? How to write?" And so I will say that the thing you need to do to be a writer is to fill up your life with experiences. You cannot. You cannot sit on a desk uh, in your in your office chair and say and write interesting thing. You have to go out into the world. You have to experience what world what the world has to offer you. You have to um, you have to walk bare feet uh, uh, in the rain. You have to uh, you know uh, dance in the rain. You have you have to experience all sorts of things. You have to experience hardships. You have to experience pure joy. You have to experience fear. When you do all of that, there is plenty of stuff in your, your, when your senses have soaked up everything, then there is something to write. You cannot become an armchair writer. That, so, that writing will be drab. So what have you, uh, uh, you know, got back from China in terms of writing? No, it, you know, these are intangible things. It is just, I think, when you see a lot of beauty, it, it transforms you inside. And then what comes out, in words is different. I write non-fiction, so I cannot tell you that how it impacted me. But being there, like when I was when I was climbing up the Great Wall of China, and I couldn't even go to the top. You know, I am too too much unfit to do that. But every step I walked, I thought, you know, this must have been like thousands of years ago. And to have what what would it have been like for those people who put this marvel together? You know, how did they do it? There were no earth moving machines. There were no none of the fancy technology to help them. But but a group of people got together and set up this marvel. And it makes you think it makes you real. It makes you humble. It makes you think that you are just a speck in this universe. And yet you have the power to do something like this. So I think these kind of things move you. You know, it's not it's not a tangible takeaway. It's not like taking money out of the bank. It is just about it's about how your mind works and how how it transforms how human experiences how travel travel changes you in many many ways which you cannot capture but when you come back you know that something has shifted inside you something has changed beautifully inside you travel also makes you forget your inhibitions travel makes you like on on my husband's birthday we were uh, last year uh, we were in budapest and it was his birthday on August 25th. And uh, I, I said to my daughter, let us make this special for him. We'll go to um, a sky bar or something. She said, mom, you, you can go to a bar anytime. Let us do something which he likes. My husband loves adventure. You know, yeah. So he, she said, let us do a night tour, said Segway tour. And I said, I'm very scared of it. I've never done it. She said, neither have I. But she said, that is what adventure is about. You're in, a, in one of the most beautiful cities of the world. No, it is night time. It's a beautiful city. And she said, come on, let's do it. And so we went impromptu. And, you know, I didn't even have a sweater with me. And um, we went to the town center and there was this Segway guy and he was giving a night tour of uh, of the city. So we went up to the highest point, which is a, which is a fort. And um, it was it was something I have never experienced before. You know, the kind of freedom I experienced. It, you know, yeah, it was so liberating and I felt so free. I felt like a bird and I felt so, so light inside me. So we crossed the river. It's a beautiful river. And we made our way all the way up the fort. And then there's a brilliant moon. And then we saw, you know, all the boats on the um, river. And um, it, it, it made me a different person because in one second, I had shared all my fears. Usually, you know, 
as you age when i was young i was very fearless but you know that is how human beings are the more things you achieve the more you want to not give up you don't want to fail you don't want to uh, face failure you don't want to um, mess up you just want to hold on to what you have achieved so in a similar way you don't want to um, risk uh, hurt in some way so i had stopped being adventurous i had i had stopped being the brave reckless girl i was i, I had become i had become i think a very stodgy middle aged woman who didn't want to do anything that would risk her reputation or her uh, achievements or anything but that one one second when i said yes to that segue to um, i lost all my fear and now i have told my husband wherever in the world we go we must do one segue or trip because it just makes you feel so free okay okay that's interesting so uh, now like like i was saying you know uh, you know there's there's a constant thing and a constant mention about your father wherever you have written articles or even the ted talk you know it starts with uh, that scene and it's very you know i got hooked on to it because of that uh and you know it it's very interesting to uh hear about a person who actually impacted so many lives uh so uh, you know what i guess you have already covered and already mentioned that you know he taught you honesty and he, you know he made us who we were exactly. he made me he shaped me yeah exactly so now uh i guess there was one instance when you were not happy with uh, your daughter nayantara's you know career she was a pastry chef back then she has a own patisserie in uh, mumbai so then you kind of complained it to him that you know i am kind of worried and this girl she is not taking off with her career he said something so uh, could you please tell what he said and how it impacted your relation and everything in general around you so uh, like i said earlier when we were growing up uh, my father was almost never there because he was so busy organizing the labor movement and all of that he was never there he would be home on sundays and it is very rare for him to be home at a stretch but when he was there we would just sit close to him and um, he would chat he would give us books which made us think a lot and that was the kind of relationship uh, that i had with him i looked up to him he was my uh, he was my hero now when i look back what i really remember about him was he was not a father who micromanaged he never managed us at all neither did my mother you know we we were left to be whoever we wanted to be and uh, we discovered ourselves through trial and error i remember when i remember when um, at 18 i had to make a decision about i i was finishing my last year in college and my mother was hoping that i would take up a job with the railways or with one of those public sector um, enterprises because the family really needed money you know we we were we could do with another pair of hands who would work um, but i told my mom i don't want to become i don't want to become a lower division clerk or i don't i don't want to work in a bank it will kill my soul so she said then what do you want to do and i said i want to become a journalist and she didn't really understand at that moment what it meant but she said is that what you really want to do what does it involve and i said it will involve me going to another city staying there and studying for a year and a half and without blinking without a second's hesitation despite knowing that the family couldn't afford it she said you do that apply get the forms and do that and i did that and i think that changed my life you know that her giving me that permission to do what my mind what my heart wanted that gave me that changed my li- life if you look at it when i it was when i turned journalist that i redis- re- i discovered myself i came into my own and i didn't think about when you're young you don't think about those things but now as a mother myself i know how important and how precious that was you know if it was a parent who said no you have to become an engineer or you have to become a doctor and um, you cannot do anything else it i would have been a very miserable person if i had to work in a bank the entire day and then come home and make dal chawal sabji i i would not have achieved what i did today so coming to my daughter you know there was a time uh, when i would feel that she's come back she went abroad to study she, she she's a mascom Uh, an advertising graduate uh, but she said that i want to become a pastry chef and i want to do it in the in a very special place you know so she went to le cordon bleu in uh, london and that's a french uh, um, culinary school which is like looked up to by people in the uh, space so we said yes we didn't even ask her we said is that what gives you joy and she said yes and so we she went and she came back after having studied she's a very very passionate 
about what she has chosen as her profession but i would often feel that she's not doing enough uh, in that she was she works she's a very hard working girl every parent does yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i know yeah. she she's very very hard working so there was never any worry about her not working hard or slacking off i was worried that she was not focused enough i was worried that she was not taking it as seriously as she should and grow as seriously you know as as fast as she should and um, i would feel that she's just you know not passionate and for me that is very important you know for me i always say that whatever you do even if it is polishing a shoe be passionate about it don't just indifferently polish your shoe do it with passion and that sparkle on the shoe will make up uh, uh, make your day and then i realized that when i was talking to her in this manner um, she was she was drifting away from me and she was becoming kind of she would not like it when i say she would say i'm doing what i think is right mom and just don't advise me all the time and so i backed off but you know you worry as a parent and especially if it is a daughter you worry more because for me this thing is i think it's very deep rooted i always tell all my women friends their daughters and i would say that a woman has to have a roof over her head and her own money you know there is there should not be any compromise on that no matter how rich your parents or your husband you should have your own money you should have your own agency you know uh, your agency will come if you have your own money and a career and something meaningful to do so i worried and worried and, and then there was this day when my father was not very well so he was at home and um, he was after his uh, evening chai we were just sitting around and talking he was lying in bed and i was sitting next to him and chatting and those were very rare days because i live here in pune and he was in bombay and then he's i i said to him you know i'm very worried about uh, nayan and i think she's not taking the right steps in her career and he heard me out patiently he was that kind of a man you know he would listen to everything he would never interrupt he would give a patient hearing to whoever and how much ever that person spoke and he heard me out and then he said when you were young when all of you were young what did i do for you you know how much money did i give you and i said nothing we never had any money you never gave so he said what would you say was the one thing that your mother and father gave you so i said you gave us great education so he said what else did i do did i ever tell you uh, what to do with your life have i ever asked you uh, why you chose to be a journalist or, or your sister why she why she became a teacher or a lecturer i said no so he said that is your answer that give her good education and then stop supporting and spoon feeding her stop being the constant provider of services you have educated her she is a adult cut off the umbilical cord now and that is only way you have to be you know that is how you raise uh, responsible adults and i think that stayed in my mind and from that day i stopped i stopped worrying about her because he said that it is not your place anymore to worry she is a thinking individual you have to respect her agency she you you have given her education your responsibility you have given her a foundation of values and now you have to just allow her to choose her own path and i i did that and occasionally i slip back into my mother mode and give her advice but largely i Okay. leave her alone okay. so and she, i'm she kind so of, happy uh, then you know uh, she has a patisserie in mumbai she's doing very well in just in just uh, my father uh, passed away 3 years ago and i had that conversation with him just 6 months before he passed away in this 4 years um, my daughter has gone from strength to strength she set up her own business she co-founded a patisserie chain in bombay um, she runs a cafe of her own and she's she's an incredibly passionate uh, woman who is doing so much with her with her life and i think the less we advise our children and the less we try to control them the more they will you know blossom it's not that they do uh, they also come from a space uh, you know they they come from a point where they care about their children of course and you know that's it's a, it's a very thin line you know even the children need to understand that and even uh, parents, the parents and it's very well answered so now um, uh, you know i read somewhere that you in fact you know entire your journalism was in mumbai and you know uh, you kind of uh, lived in that city for the longest time i was born there yeah exactly so uh, why did you come to pune so i used to work um, i used to work uh, in bombay in the times of india building in a brilliant newspaper called the independent which was started by the late uh, mr vinod mehta and i i was 
23 maybe 24 um, and i'm talking about the early 90s and if you remember there was the fall of the babri masjid and then there were the resultant uh, uh, bomb blasts in bombay and then those then there was riots and there was horrible horrible massacre of uh, people and um, i lived that time i i lived through that time as a young mother who would leave her daughter at home and then we would go out um, you know uh, on on the beat uh, journalists go on a beat so there would be sometimes visits to the hospitals where bodies would be piled high there would be you know when the stock market um, and the bomb the serial bomb blasts happened in bombay i think i and a couple of my colleagues from times of india building we were all one of the you know the earliest journalists to reach Uh, the air india building where there are bits and pieces of human bodies scattered everywhere and you when you do all of this when you see all of this and you, and you see what human what hate can do to human beings you know how you know we have no business saying that they behave like beasts you know beasts are not like that beasts are kind and compassionate we human beings are not and when i saw that something changed inside me and my my daughter was 1 year old and i would leave her with my mother and go to work and when i came home and i would see this baby sleeping peacefully and i would think you know she doesn't deserve to grow up in this hate the, bombay was a city i loved i grew up there but when this happened when i saw people ki- killing each other when i when when members of one community poured uh, kerosene on a, another communi- community and set them on fire because they belonged to a community they couldn't get along with um, i lost i lost hope for that city and i made up my mind that i didn't want to be part of a city which is based on hate and that's how so, you so i just came to shifted. okay a uh, very interesting story now you know from being referred to as is she or sister to you know people now going and talking that i have met sudha menon you know you have come a long way and trust me you have uh, the the gifted book and you know everything like it it get it, it got me like you know very emotional there were tears in my eyes so uh, now tell us you know what was that moment or moments the magen bucket moment which actually you know uh, made you who you are today so i think a series of them but the first would actually be the time i decided that i would become a journalist i think that was the first thing i i could have um, ended up working in a bank and not done anything with my life but i chose to you know i chose to uh, chose to follow my dreams and i'm so happy i did because um, because my heart led me to all of these things that i've done in the last 35 40 years or whatever the second um, so journalism was there you know done and dusted in um, sometime in 2006 2009 uh, i w- i was working for a very very prominent uh, newspaper a newspaper which is counted as india's one of india's best newspapers today and i was heading the pune bureau at that point and one morning something happened at the workplace that directly collided conflicted with uh, my idea of what is right and fair and just um, and ethical and um, without a backward glance i walked away i i resigned and i walked away from that job it was a traumatic time for me i woke up the next morning and uh, do you remember that day like what did I you just, do that day it it um, it was a day like any other when i started uh, the day you know at 10 o'clock you had to send something called the news list for the day what are the stories i would write so i sent my news list for the day i was very kicked about it because that day i had this big story which would get you know it would be the lead story of the next day and it was a big big meaty story for me and like i said i was i was a byline junkie i wanted my byline on the front page as much as possible so i was very kicked first thing in the morning i sent the news list and all of that and then this thing happened it had very much to do with the story that i wrote um, but by 12 o'clock i had no job no by 12 o'clock this this issue that happened started um, you know building up at 4 o'clock i had no job and i was just i was just sudha menon and not a journalist not a special correspondent not working for that particular newspaper and suddenly i was just this woman who had lost a job my husband had just come back from the us where he was where he lived for the last 10 years and um, day 2 of his arrival when he came back from work i was sitting in a corner of the house crying saying i have no job and i still remember it it was all such it was all so dramatic i woke up the next morning and there was nothing to do because what what is there when you don't have a job for me journalism was my identity you know i had spent from from the day i turned 21 to that day uh, in 2009 when i quit 
all i had been my entire identity was in that job you know in that career as a journalist i had done nothing else you know i had raised a child you know, i had married i had raised a child but i think this gave me my identity i was not i was mother and wife and all of that later i was a journalist first and then to wake up the next morning one morning and suddenly i'm not a journalist and then i said who am i you know what do i do with my life i had no money no promise of a check coming at the end of the uh, month and um, yeah i was i was very seriously worried about what was going to happen i think the next 5 days i drove everybody uh, you know my friends and my husband and my child everybody around the bend with my constant worrying but look at life this is how this is the miracle of life and this is the miracle of the human spirit that two months from then i was already writing my debut book wow two wow. months just two months and this is why i say that you have to be pushed against the wall and you will discover the best you you know it's you don't find the strength you have till it is challenged you know when life is happy and easy and you have lot of money and you're partying and all of that you don't go inside and discover your strength you're on auto autopilot when you are drowning when you're pushed to the wall when you know that tomorrow there is no meal for you that is when you will discover yourself that is when i discovered myself you know i i i would keep asking my husband what do i do now what do i do now and one day he said to me i've always heard you saying that you want to write a book so now is the time you have no money you have entire days stretching out with nothing, nothing to, to do lose. so do this this is the time for you to write that book and i said yes why not and i i started writing my book and i remember i remember so clearly how it started you know because i had had because i was a very young mother and i had had so many hardships when i was a journalist you know as a young mother you really have to struggle to keep your home and your career and all of that you know functioning and i'd always see all this you know this power women on the uh, on the covers of magazines and uh, unflappable looking perfect corner office big designation and i would always wonder what is it that they are doing that i am doing wrong why is it that they are in this position and i'm struggling every single day and so when i lost my job and i was looking for a book to write a topic i said this should be the book i want to tell women like me uh, what it is that this what are the secrets of this women what is it what are their survival tips what are their strategies how did they you know have this leap of faith that led them from india's smallest villages to the top corner office um, in whatever organizations they are doing you know i i wanted their stories and uh, i reached out to a woman i love absolutely in pune anuaga of thermax and i told her i know i want to come and see you and she said come and i went and she said how can i help you and um, i knew her as you know as a journalist i had been in touch with her family uh, you know with the uh, with the company so i said i want to write this book and she she said how can i help you and i said i want the contacts of some women can you connect me and she picked up the phone and she called some really seriously important women and she said my friend sudha menon wants to write this book and i'm connecting you and please so my book my first book leading ladies uh, you know women who inspire india that book is that book is a project uh, it is a result of the support of like 20 30 women wherever i went to interview a woman that after the interview was over that woman would ask me who do you want to talk to next and i would tell her my wish list and she would make that call and say i'm sending her and she's coming and talk to her please so i formed this brilliant relationships while during the writing of that book and those women still are there for me Mm-hmm. they still stand up and cheer when i do something interesting and they'll still help me out no matter you know whatever is possible with them and this is a thing with relationship i think women have to stick together women have to be each other's support systems it is not um, it is not right that somebody will reach out for help and you will not help you, i i try as much as possible to help another woman we we have to do it we have to be there for each other you know, we don't take advantage of each other but we have to support each other that is that is non negotiable so that's a you know you know a very inspiring magen bucket and i want to tell all the listeners you know there 
our hardships and you know if you lose your job or if you are not finding if you are not fitting the place it's still Find okay something you know else to do. you can be the next sudaman in tomorrow <laughs> and that was fantastic uh, so uh, that's the magan bucket now there's a second section where uh, we ask a very simple question uh, where we end the show but before ending the show uh, if so so the section is maybe prime minister so if you're uh, a prime minister you happen to become a prime minister of india what, what is it that one thing you would like to change apart from what you're doing currently it it cannot be one thing you can just but, yeah, yeah. three or four things but for me for me it is very very important that our women are protected you know i see so much happening so much crime against women and you know young girls raped and you know i mean i know i'm going to freak out a lot of people with this but i think the st- most stringent punishment as deterrent to this to cases of crimes against women it has to stop now you cannot you cannot stand and watch when a one year old is raped beheaded and thrown in a dustbin you cannot i i i want to know who in the administrator thinks it's in the administration thinks it is all right so we have to stop crimes against women and crimes against the elderly and we have to somehow stop all this divis- divisive things that's happening you know we have to do stuff to integrate society we have to be more inclusive it is so much important not just inclusive religion inclusive human beings you know human the no you, one no two human beings are the same so together we can achieve so many miracles so bridge the gap between the haves and the have nots so for me this is very important and look after your children because they are the future of you know look after the young people the schemes give them to look after to them yeah. give them things to do education Um, you know malnourishment so much malnourishment in pockets in india so there is so much to do yeah really. yeah i mean the, those are wonderful thoughts and thank you so much for coming but before we leave uh, so we have uh, partnered with uh, with pune eat outs a premier community that connects people through food and as a gesture we are handing out a pune eat outs privilege card to you so you have best offers at best restaurants in pune lovely thank you very much yeah So yes. all the listeners thank you so much for listening we had fun chatting with uh, Sudha Menon and uh, until next time keep listening and love you all thank you so much thank you so much for having me over on your show thank you for listening to the mug and bucket podcast if you like what you just heard please subscribe to our show on iTunes Spotify Castbox Hubhopper or any other podcasting app you use And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Want the world to know your mug and bucket moment which changed the course of your journey? Go to our website themugandbucket.com and click on share your moment. We will publish your story on our website. Until then, take care and keep listening.